Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Tony Dudzik, Pick Guardian. Rob Chafe, Matt Cow Amplification. You just jumped right in there. Yeah. I'm not waiting for, you know, cues anymore. I'm just doing it. <laughs> nice. Now he's got a seat at the table. Yeah. yeah. How about that? He's in the big boy chair. Yeah. <laughs> hey, everybody. It's me, Todd Novak. Welcome to the Guitar Knobs Podcast. We are thrilled to death that you're listening to our little podcast about guitars and gear and all kinds of stuff. What are, what are some of the other all kinds of stuff, Tony? Well, you know, Todd, we like to talk about boutique gear. Yes. And that's things like guitars and amps and pedals and pickups and all the good stuff accessories yes, yes that too yes and we like to dive in and get the story behind the story indeed and boutique builders are our specialty and they are and in fact we have a, a, a fantastic boutique builder on the show tonight yes we today do. wherever whatever time of you're listening to <laughs> uh who are you guest uh my name is matt pachetta from house of tone pickups in the uk all right. Nice. Now, once your brain, once you wrap your head around that a little bit, um, so just for clarity, you are not from the UK, right, man? No, wasn't born and raised in UK. Born and raised uh, Connecticut, okay. USA. Yeah. Uh, but I've been over here uh, just over twenty years now. Wow. Nice. Well, the, the accent's really starting to show on you. Anyways, all right. Can it's, you do us a favor and speak in like a Geordie accent? Oh, no, I can't do that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Geordies can't do one. that. <laughs> if I do that one, it's for whatever reason, it starts coming off like an Indian accent. Yeah. I don't know why. Um, and whenever, whenever I try to do British accents over here, and then they just they just rip me to pieces. It's like, never <laughs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> well, um, we're gonna have some fun with Matt, uh, who, as mentioned, uh, House of Tone. We've brought we've brought them up, uh, brought you up. Actually, you're here now. I don't have to say them. We brought you up many times on the show since you sent these out. Um, we've had some fun. Uh, uh, especially we, we actually just recently did a, a little sort of a, a telly shootout um, oh, uh, on uh, Instagram. Uh, I posted something with uh, our man Rob here, who's a fantastic player. Um, and uh, he he tried out three different tellies with three different pickups. Yours was one of them in there. And um, it was it was really just interesting to hear the differences and and kind of remind ourselves, you know, especially when it comes to tellies, you're like, tellies, the tellies, the tellies, the telly. No, 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 wait, 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 wait. We, we, I think we tend to think about tellies not being tellies from the aesthetic and some of the, some of the gear appointments, mm -hmm. but the telly pickup uh, is sort of like, if it doesn't sound like a telly, it's not a telly, right? Well, I, I beg to differ with you because I think it's all in the pick guard. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was like, how are you differing with me on this? I'm supporting the idea. I don't know idea. what he's saying right now. I'm just like, what? It's a telly, it's except it's not a telly. Guard. But yeah. the pickup and telly appointment, I don't know. Okay, yeah. Todd. All right. Thanks, Rob. I appreciate your support so <laughs> I'll much. I'll explain it to you after. Uh, okay, leave, yeah. your, leave your key on the table. <laughs> leave. Um, anyways, so we had some fun with that. Um, and then uh, right. uh, Tony actually yes. brought in, well, you can get into this in a yeah, second, we'll but he brought in it. one of the guitars. Uh, that, that we have some of the pickups in. Yeah. But we've got, we've been off for two weeks mm -hmm. and uh, we got a, a few things to catch up on. Yes. Um, 
I'm announcements? Going, yeah, I do have an announcement. So we, we mentioned our friend uh, Doug Christ of, yes. of uh, 37 Effects. So an update his so if you've heard the last couple episodes, um, you know that uh, his son had a needed a heart transplant. And he he got one. He's on the he's oh, in he's nice. it's gonna long road of recovery. Those are you know that's mm-hmm. one of the major aside you know from yeah um, any complications it should be good. But they've obviously incurred a, a tremendous uh, mountain of uh, of medical debt, and yeah. um, so we're we're looking to try to help alleviate that. Uh, we beseech you to go to. Um, uh, GoFundMe and check out uh, the uh, the title is. Let me pull up the title. The title is uh, "Finding a New Heart for Tim Christ." C H R I S T. Anything you can do at all will help them get to their goal um, and help uh, alleviate the weight off of this family. Um, and for those of you who don't know, Doug has been a, a great supporter of our show for many years. Um, a huge supporter of the of the guitar community, and um, and he also runs Thirty Seven Effects. Uh, so, anything we can do to help him out, um, we we would be very grateful if you wouldn't mind doing that. Go to GoFundMe right now. It only takes a minute. Anything you can do will help. All right, moving forward. With all my breath. Um. I ha- actually, you know what? I'm gonna sa- I'll save this for my this week. I was gonna make that announcement. I'm not. I'm gonna well, let's just go ahead. Let's talk about what got in our music world Jeez. this week. Hey, I, it Rob, really is. Rob, like you settle down. Time. I'm a, okay, there's a there's a cold corner over there. We'll march you I'll, right I'll over there. I'll take my mic with me. It's okay. <laughs> um, we're gonna get into what's going on in our music world this week. Uh, spend a couple minutes just kind of w- catching up on where we left off. Yeah. Um, we're gonna start off with the lovely. Yes. Uh, the uh, is your arm hair still unshaven? Yes, yes, unshaven. Unshaven. Although face has been shaven. Yes, I that is true. You, you do shave yeah. regularly. We're going to go with Tanya Bolonsky here first. <laughs> Way and, too personal. Um, he's right. going to tell us what's going on in his music world. And then we're going to check in with our pal Matt over in the UK and find out what's going on with him. Okay. Oh, go, Tony. I, I've got nothing, Todd. Perfect. Thank you. I like no. this, speeding things up a little bit. <laughs> it's the short version. Well, uh, we have a... a, a our, our big guitar show is uh, coming up here this oh, weekend. Really big show tomorrow. Really big show. So I spent the better part of my week kind of going through cases and digging through. I, you know, I, I <laughs> the thing that I do is I empty out my parts drawer, um, and then I've got some you know returns and defect pick, uh, pick guards that I always bring to the show and a couple of guitars. And I mean, I I, I just shock myself sometimes how much crap I accumulate. Hmm. It doesn't shock any of us. (laughs) If you've ever been to a shop, it's like, oh my goodness. Yeah. The OCD goes crazy. So I have decided that, yeah, I've emptied these things, bagged stuff, priced stuff, and I'm just going to take, I might just put up a sign that says, take half off of everything here. Because I I just, I am so tired of carton stuff back and forth. But we, uh, yeah, we love the, this, you know, for a January guitar show. Uh, it's usually the the better of the two of the year, and uh, so I'm looking forward to that. And beyond that, it's we have you know uh, I see people that maybe I only see once a year, um, 
that uh, that I get to say hi to. And you get to sit next to Big Steve. Yes, Steve. Yeah. So uh, that's what I that, that was just prepping up for that, getting yeah. that ready, and and looking forward to a wonderful 2024. Indeed. Well, and Chase uh, Gullet's going to be there. Yep. And also Zach from Brandon So it's going to be fun. Do you see Kim Keller's in town? No, I didn't know that. Yep, he posted something last night that he's in town, so he's going to be there tomorrow. Ah, with big wads of cash. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and actually, Tony, you and I have a very, very busy guitar. This is getting like a super guitar uh, month, January. Yeah. Because then we're in like two weeks, we're going to mm, NAMM. That's right. And whilst, and at the same time that we're out there, we get to go to the Amigo Guitar Show. So SoCal Guitar Show. Yeah. Uh, so that's going to be really exciting. And uh, anyway, so lots of good things going on. I'm, yeah, this is going to be a good month. Yeah. Matt, what's going on with you? Um, coming up, uh, we've got a guitar show over here as well. Um, we've got the Wero Guitar Show, which is a real local one for us because um, it's only about 15 minutes up the road. Uh, so that's going to be fun. Looking forward to that. Um, on a on a on a personal level, I've got tickets in April to go see a guitar duo from. Uh, well, they're sort of based in Switzerland, but they play in the states a lot, and they're called Hermano Scutieras. Um, they're on Dan Auerbach's label with Easy Eye Sound, and um, they're just fantastic. <clears throat> and they haven't really done uh, any gigs in the UK, and uh, this is one of the first ones they've, they've done as far as I know is so I got tickets for that I'm very excited about that and that's going to be down in London in April oh wow nice, nice. that sounds cool yeah. now how do we need is that a, I would think that's a fairly long trip to get to, to London from where you are right <laughs> it's not too bad no by um I'd say by American standards it's really not that bad it's about um it's probably about about 200 miles so oh, okay um, so it's not huge, you know, but, but yeah, I'll stay overnight. Like I'm not going to do it, you know, and, and, you know, drive down, drive back the same night, but, uh, but it's not too bad or, 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 you know, take the train. You can take the, um, you know, the high speed train. It's not, it's not so bad. It's like a two and a half hour train journey. Okay. Well, that's not bad at all. Yeah. I like it. Rob Chef. Hey, <laughs> yeah. What's going on in your musical world this week? Um, well, this is, yeah, this is interesting. I heard a rumor about this hmm, six weeks ago and I didn't want to. Didn't want to believe it's true. It's true. It is true. I it got an true. email on what day was the first, 31st, on the 29th, so last Friday of December, from the U.S. distributor for Marshall Amplification, ah. that effective January 1st, they are no longer the distributor for Marshall Amplification. Oh. With That's confusing. Yeah, well, yeah. So, so you know, typical, you know, manufacturer over in England, they have, you know, distributors in each country, so they ship, you know, pallets of product over here. They're the ones that actually ship it to the dealers and mm -hmm. then support the dealers, which is where I come in. Um, so for service and stuff, they handle parts and service docs and getting us paid and everything. Um, so I had heard the rumor about this, and I was like, well, I haven't heard anything. I've talked to them a couple times a week. Nobody said anything. Eh, not worry about it. But to get that email on Friday... And it was like at three o'clock on Friday. And uh, so I said, well, you know, thank you for letting me know, blah, 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 blah. Do you have any idea what's happening next? No idea. So then I sent an email off to UK, England, said, what's the story? Where do we go from this? Because I got several things in progress here. And and, uh, and they said, yeah, we'll, we'll cover those repairs. We'll be in touch soon with how we're moving forward. It's like, 
Okay. So and you'll be so paid by know. pounds now. Well, <laughs> it, 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 it doesn't sound like they have that figured out. Which is bizarre because I started hearing rumors a couple months ago. So I mean, they've got I don't know between Guitar Center and Sam Ash and then all the, the independents here. What do they got? Uh, five? No, well, I guess there's five hundred some Guitar Center. So maybe a thousand stores yeah. to support in the U.S. and supply product and. And and build it and you know the non huge things. Yeah. So I I I don't I yeah I don't know what they're gonna do. I don't know if they're they have to. I would almost think they have to have a distributor over here because they still have a good number of independent stores. Yeah. If they were just supplying Guitar Center, Sweetwater, Musicians Friend, just the big box stuff, then they could they could switch to a model like Behringer, where they're yeah. shipping pallets directly to them. Right. Yeah. So maybe that is where they're going. I don't know, but. Even weirder, the same company, Jam, who was servicing all the, the U.S. distribution, also has a Canadian division. They're still doing huh. the Canadian division. So this is just affects the U.S. market. So currently, the U.S. market does not have distribution huh. or, hmm. or service support. Now, does that affect Vox at all? No, no. no Vox is Korg. You're right. That's been Korg okay. forever. All yeah. right. I was just wondering because I thought they didn't they I thought they had the same distributor. Uh, way back when, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, not way back when. I guess about fourteen years ago. Okay, would have been probably when Jam, maybe even ten, maybe. But yeah, but um, well, I lost fifteen years in my life in, in, in well, between then. And uh, that's what I feel so like. I, right always, now. I always think of things in the nineteen uh, nineties. Okay, <laughs> so this will be interesting. It'll be is Marshall changing models and and. Historically, the reason I bring this up is historically companies have done shifts like this. Behringer, they dropped all their independent dealers mm. and, and literally just said, we're only going to have these three accounts in the U.S. Uh, or whatever. And I think there are just like three to five accounts in the whole of U.S. that carries Behringer now. Okay. Um, Gibson did that a long time ago. They started uh, increasing their minimum buy-ins yep. to such a point that no independent dealer right. you know, could carry them anymore. And they, they lost half their dealer base. They, they laid off all their uh, sales, the road mm. guys. and So I don't know if maybe Marshall's now going to take this and go, okay, so unless you do, you know, whatever, half a million in purchases with us in a year, we won't even talk to you. And that, and then they can go to a direct distribution model. I don't know. Well, wow. We'll see. Yeah. We shall see. Keep us posted, Rob. I'll let you know. All right. Uh, well, hey, for Todd, me. Todd, what about you? I, I had uh, a lovely time off over the holidays. Uh, and one of... Is it because I wasn't there? Partially. <laughs> um, a lot of rest Mostly because Rob wasn't. Um, Jeez. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> Give me any, the, the noisy yeah. styrofoamy oh. stuff. Yeah. Anyways. No, put that back. Get that. Uh, anyway, so I got this... I got a great book. Um, we've, we've talked about it a little bit. We yep. even gave one away. Yes, we did. Mars Guitars. Mars. I am a huge fan of Johnny Marr. And this is, this is a substantial... Uh, coffee table book, I guess, for lack of better You might terms. be able to make a coffee table out of it. It's, it's This is a hefty book. Um, I sat down and I threw on some of my... So I got a bunch of great new jazz records and we had the fire going and I sat down and I I literally read almost the entire thing. Is that why you grew the, oh. the, the goatee? I did, Oh, yes. nice. So you're a hep cat. Now. I am a hep cat. Uh <laughs> Anyways, um, so uh, Matt, are you um, you're familiar with John? Well, yeah. you better be familiar with Johnny Marr over there. 
<laughs> Johnny who? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Um, I know the book you're talking about as well. Um, uh, 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 a buddy of mine over here helped Johnny with putting that book together. Oh, no um, kidding. So Richard Henry, he um, he's a vintage yeah. uh, dealer, you know, over here. And yeah. he's just um, he's just down down the motorway in Manchester. Um, I do some rewind work for him sometimes. And, um, he, um, you know, he knows Johnny well and he kind of helped with the whole collection and, and a bit about putting the book together. And then when they sort of officially launched the book not long ago, um, you know, Richard was involved a bit with, with all that. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's a great, it's, you know, it's a great book and the photography and it's really, really good, you know? Yeah. Well, and the, the, the stories in it are great. I mean, yeah. my, my point here isn't to tell you how great the book is, everyone, but I actually, I don't know that I always, that I read a lot of the forwards. Sometimes I'll read a forward. Sometimes I won't if it's like going on and on and on. So the forward in this book is uh, from Hans Zimmer, uh, the, the incredibly famous uh, composer. I, I was struck by this, and, and when I did read it, I was like, Oh my gosh, I can't wait to share this with everyone. Here we go. <laughs> I'm not reading the whole thing, but there was a couple of these. Please don't. These story bits. time with Todd. Here. It, it is, but but I think it's worth it. It was the night before Christmas. I'll be back in two hours. If if this doesn't convince you to get this book, I, I'm not sure what else will, aside that it's Johnny Moore. Um, but I do think that it carries with it a lot of um, closeness to why we do the things we do. Hmm. The electric guitar is the closest thing to true magic created by humanity that I can think of. Not much more than a plank of wood, six strings slung across the neck and a body, a few magnets to pick up the vibrations in the strings. And, like nothing else in the world, the elegant simplicity of this design exposes and amplifies everything about the player's individuality. The guitar is an amplifier for the emotional and psychological fingerprints of the soul. If you want to know something about someone, listen to how they play. How many Fenders or Gibsons are there in the world? And yet, even if you want to sound like Johnny Marr, Jimi Hendrix, Niall Rogers, Johnny Greenwood, Albert Collins, Hank Marvin, Stevie Ray Vaughan, Jeff Beck, David Gilmore, Prince or Tom Verlaine... You won't be able to. The same guitar lets each one of these artists sound extraordinarily different from one another, allowing each an unmistakable stamp of personality and individuality. Each artist gets their guitar to tell their profoundly personal story. There might be moments when your hero's style and voice shines through early on in your guitar playing. We all stand on the shoulders of giants, and we usually try to learn by copying them. But the fun starts when you surrender your own irrepressible style as it pushes through, when you find the courage to let the guitar speak or shout with your own voice. You sound like you. The guitar lets you be you. It's always about so much more than learning scales and chords and just technique. It's a direct connection between you and who you are. A direct expression of all you've lived through, all you've become, and all you are in that moment in time. The guitar lets you tell the stories that shaped and formed you. Guitars tell the truth. And because the moment you pick up a guitar, it gives you a sense of courage and possibility of talking to the world from a profound place within you without saying a single word. I thought that was remarkable. 
Well, he got one thing wrong, and that ties in today's podcast. Okay. Because the magnets alone do not make the sound. Yes, that that's great. You also so need anyways, a coil. Hey, Todd, that was really that was really nice. Thanks wow, for Todd, sharing that. Thanks for sharing, Todd. That was <laughs> wow. I, mean, I can't wait to read that in my own copy. Arse. Okay. <laughs> Um, go out and get that book, everybody. It, it really is a good book. And the, the pictures are magnifique. Yes. Okay. Let's get on to what's going on in our music world this week. We've already done Thank that. God. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but what we do need to, to do is do say, um, hey, you know what? What? Tour gear designs, patch cables. Love them. <laughs> They're the best. Did you need to say anything more? You need to go get some. You know how you get them? Yeah, how? You go to tourgeardesigns.com, and they come in many, many, many different lengths. They come with an S shape as well as a C shape, so you can connect, interconnect all of your pedals, Yep. whether all they the have things. top jacks, side jacks, round the back jacks, all the stuff. Yep. Load up your cart with all the stuff, and then keep going back and find, oh, I need that one too. Get to the checkout. You put in the code, the guitar knobs, all lowercase, all one word, and you save 15%, 15% on top of an already reasonably priced product. Thank you, Tour Gear Designs, for sponsoring our four on the floor. Let me get a little bit of this. One, two, one, two, three, four on the floor. All right, Matt, House of Tone pickups, give us your four on the floor. Right. So for me, pedals are kind of a new thing. I, for a long time, was really just down that sort of purist kind of road of just, you know, guitar, lead, amp, and that was it. Um, or was using, you know, a foot switch, you know, for the amp to go between drive channel, clean channel, you know, bit of reverb. Um, but more recently, uh, especially because I've, um, I've got a gig coming up this summer for a friend of mine's wedding. And it's the first time, um, gigging at all since, since the pandemic. Um, so I started to look at a few things over the last year. And, um, so the first thing I've got in the chain, um, these days is, uh, a wah. And it's the first time I've had a wah in probably over 20 years. Um, so I've got a, a crybaby, just a standard crybaby. Um, and it's a secondhand one. And, uh, and, and it's just been a lot of fun to, you know, kind of get the groove with that. Um, because as I say, it's been so long since using pedals at all, but then anything that's, you know, um, in an expression form like that, you know, anything that's that kind of a, of a, of a, of a movable pedal like that, that's that taken, you know, a little bit of getting used to after, right. after years. And, um, and that's been a lot of fun and there's, um, you know, just, just been, just been coming to grips with it. But as I say, for now, it's just a standard cry, baby. There's nothing, um, not any of the sort of the signature series ones or anything, um, any extra bells and whistles on it. Um, and that's been great. And then, um, and then a really, a, a, a new addition, uh, it's been a fuzz face, um, because there's, there's so much like sort of blues and blues rock I listen to that, you know, you, you got to have that extra fuzz, don't you? You know, like as opposed to just you know the, the drive on a on a valve amp, it, it, it needs it needs that that real, you know, that real dirt and grit. And 
that has been something that you know there's a lot of tweaking to 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 get it just right it's so easy to overcook with fuzz um to where you know you 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 hit the pedal and uh, bring it in and it's just you know crazy extra volume or or such a huge mid spike which so, you know really, did you go with um the, the like an original you know from the just fuzz face the brand but like the the um the uh, this Color. one's quite a new one. It's nothing. It's nothing. You know, again, nothing vintage or or or, or, or super special about it. Is it blue um, or red? Or red? So oh, okay, red gotcha, one. gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Which um, I always think sounds, you know, better than the blue, but you know, I, I think that's really an opinion. But <laughs> so, <laughs> but the buzz bass, that's been the one that I think I found the most like getting used to. Um, is in and and that's just just getting the settings just right. Uh, and then, uh, and then next in the chain is, um, electro harmonics freeze. And cause I, I do love having reverb and the reverb on the amp I've got is great. There's nothing wrong with that. I've got the foot switch, bring that in when I want. But then I saw a, a, a rig rundown with, um, JD Simo and, um, and he was showing off this, this, this freeze pedal and, I was like, that sounds fantastic. That's, that's, you know, um, it was just so different than standard reverb and it's not like a delay either. And, you know, it just, it can just hold out for so long before you bring, you know, new notes in over it. But again, like nothing, you know, it's, it, 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 it does it in such a unique way that the first time I heard it, I just thought, oh, I've got to have one of those. I've got to try that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and again, that was, you know, there's a learning curve with getting the settings just right for what you want to do with it. You know, it depends on exactly what kind of, you know, what style of music you're going to be using for, you know, how psychedelic you want to get with it. Um, and that's, uh, but that's probably my favorite right now. That's my, my favorite new toy. Um, and then otherwise. Number four. Uh, yes. Yeah. Well, number four is actually just the foot switch for the, for, 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 for the amp, for the Laney is, um, you know, to, you know, drive and reverb. Um, so if I want to bring those in, I still have those, um, you know, to, 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 to use, but, but yeah, otherwise that, that's all I've got on the pedal board at the moment. As I say, it's, um, you know, it's a relatively new thing for me is, 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 you know, regularly using pedals. Nice. Uh, now just for clarity, um, you know, when we were saying, uh, what's the different, you know, do you have a blue one or a red one? Um, I, the it, fuzz it, face. it wasn't yeah it wasn't actually a a, a joke just for those uh, folks out there who don't know the difference um the, the blue and the, the blue versus the red does uh, germanium versus silicone um don't forget the silver yeah, yeah that's right yeah, there yeah, is, yeah. And, and then obviously the original but um the red one is the germanium uh so yeah that yeah, that's a, tends yeah. to sound a little bit smoother so yeah. See, that, that was recommended by a friend of mine as well, who's really into pedals. You know, he, he, he really knows his stuff. Um, and, and actually an old mate of mine back in the States. And, uh, when I said, Oh, I'm thinking, you know, some kind of fuzz pedal. And he said, yeah, go germanium. He said, uh, you know, he said fuzz face red. Yeah. There you go. Not bad. Um, I also, you, you should, um, are you familiar with, uh, hello sailor effects over there? Yeah, they're not, um, they're not hugely known, but I mean, you know, the name is known. Yeah, yeah. depending on you know, the circles. I think it's relatively close to where you are, actually. Um, yeah, are they, are they? Where are they? I was trying to look up exactly. I just sent something uh, his way, and I was trying to look up the address. But I'll get that to you uh, later. Um, 
Yeah, no, I'd be interested in checking them out. I have, I have come across the name. I want to say it's Liverpool or, or very close to there anyways. Oh, maybe. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, that'd be nice to me. Anyways, um, all right. Well, let's see here. Uh, it, it, so you just mentioned that you had a whole bunch of um, – or it's been a while with the pedals. Um, anything else about getting those pedals and set up that, that you um, maybe want to share or found interesting? Um. Well, I see again, like it's because it's been a bit of a learning curve for me. Is is a, 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 it's a couple of mates of mine who like I went to for advice, um, and uh, you know, pedal chain. You know, like so, what order you got them in is something you know I was well aware of. There's there's different reasons behind why you know you might throw them in the chain in 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 one order versus another. But yeah, I needed a lot of advice on all this stuff. So I did um you know I did mess around a little with 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 it and um I think you know the uh the, the you know the way I mentioned them was the way was the was the order I've got them in. So it goes to you know wah first and then fuzz face then then the uh the 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 freeze reverb and the um the foot pedal though is obviously you know it's got a it's got a uh, the foot switch has got a dedicated input um in the back of the amp so um so learning that was you know was 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 a bit you know interesting as well was learning you know different reasons why you might go with a certain certain chain but um but for me it was just taking advice from from you know like i say from guys i know who, who know a heck of a lot more than me about using pedals that's been the big thing nice good, good to have good those advice. kinds of friends to help out yeah exactly yep um, uh, it, in reference, uh, also to, uh, Joe from Hello Sailor. It's a good friend of ours. Um, Hello, Sailor. So, yeah, he was up, uh, I believe, uh, out of Liverpool area, but I'm now he's way down south in Hampshire, oh, okay. Hampshire, uh, Hampshire. Yeah. Gosport area. Um, so that's quite far. So anyways, you can just, uh, wave. Well, maybe he can stop by <laughs> after the, uh, the, the show yeah. in London. Maybe. Or or on there his, you go. Uh, <laughs> well, on thing is, way to France. Because Britain's not all that big. We, a lot of us guys can run into each other at different guitar shows around the country. Because a lot of us do, you yeah. know, do do quite a few of them up and down the country. So we so you know there's a, there's a chance if he does you know do the shows. I've probably been at you know one or two of the same shows with him. It's just uh, as, as you probably know, it's getting away. It's getting time to get away from your stand for a bit, you know, and and yeah. and going. Do the rounds, checking it out. That's that's always tricky to find the time, you know, if it's a busy show. Yeah. Well, if you ever do run into him, tell him we said hi, will you? Will do. Depo. So let's dig in to all things House of Tone pickups. Um, uh, we've already gotten down the fact that uh, you are a. Uh, I was going to say a. Uh, the, what's that Sting song? The Englishman in New York. You're. <laughs> it's quite the reverse of that. <laughs> the other way around. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and, and you found yourself uh, making pickups over there. Now, you weren't making pickups previously in the United States, were you? No. Okay. No, I started um, I started as an acoustic guitar maker, uh, steel string. So I think I was about 16 or 17 when I first apprenticed. Um, and that was with um, with a guitar maker in Massachusetts uh, named Ivan Schmuckler, um, artisan fretted instruments. And uh, he took me on as an apprentice and was, you know, just building steel strings, uh, doing some repair work, 
and stuff like that. And then also in the town I grew up in, we had a, uh, a great sort of folk instrument, um, like small factory, you know, small sort of batch production place uh, called Folk Craft Instruments. And we were doing like, uh, you know, hammer dulcimers, mountain dulcimers. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I was able to get a job there for a little bit. Um, and so that, that was my initial start, really, was the acoustic world. And then when I left the States, it was to come over here and do a um, diploma program with the uh, Leeds College of Music. And that was in classical guitar making and violin making. And so I studied as a violin maker for a few years. Wow. And then uh, taught a little bit at the, well, I say taught. I was working at the school, at the, at the college a bit after my program, mostly as a, uh, what we call a supervising technician, which basically made sure that the, um, somebody was in the room to, to keep the first year students from cutting their fingers off. That was the job for a while. Um, and then, yeah, and I started my own company then, you know, when I finished and that was, um, Bichetta Guitar Works. Um, and it was, I did take on commissions and made, you know, uh, custom acoustic builds. Uh, but the, Bread and butter was always repair and restoration work more than anything. Mm. Um, so, so then over the years, um, was just lucky enough to do a lot of restoration work on some great vintage guitars, and more and more got into the electrics. You know, the the you know some, especially working with some insurance companies, there was just some some fantastic um, you know old Gibsons and Fenders and stuff that would come across the bench, and. Eventually, it just it just kind of happened slowly. But I started to, you know, I went from that world of of you know acoustic guitars and violins, and you know, you sort of sometimes just think of an electric as a you know, like like you were saying before, it's kind of like a like a plank of wood that's got some magnets in it, right? And but but getting to really work on some great pieces showed me that there's a whole different world to it, you know, and that the, the, the pickups and the circuit and all that are such a huge part of, um, of, of the voicing, you know, of any instrument. And, uh, and that there was a lot into it that was, I don't know, I just found it really, you know, I started to find it really fascinating. And I, and I, I kind of thought it's a bit like, it's a bit like when you're building like a violin or, or an acoustic guitar, you, you know, you voice the tops, you know, primarily the top is where, mm-hmm. you know, most of your tone comes from. And, and, uh, you know, so how you carve it, you know, thicknesses, graduation, you know, bracing patterns, all that stuff. And that's how you voice that. And I was like, well, how you design and how you make a pickup is how you voice, you know, an electric guitar. And and in a weird way, there was like a lot of similarities there. And um, the pick guard. Yes, mostly, yeah, well, yeah, mostly I mean, the pick guard. The bake, the bake a light tone versus the ABS, of course. Uh, you know that's a that's a that's a massive factor. Um, and then, uh, but then I saw him uh, years ago. There was, um, I think it was, I think it might have been the very first issue of the Fretboard Journal. And when that came out, it had a it had this really nice photo essay kind of piece in the middle about Lawler pickups, Lawler guitars. Mm-hmm. And that's when the bug really hit me. I don't know. Just saw that and I thought, yeah, I want to get into making some pickups one day. And that was years before I actually did. But then finally, you know, time, money and, and, and things, you know, um, came together to to um, to start another business, you know, alongside uh, the repair business. And uh, and that was back in 2015. 
and then it's just grown from there now to the point where um you know we don't we don't sort of do any custom builds or repair restoration work anymore it's just um pick up you know manufacturing uh harnesses you know wiring looms and um and rewind work and 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 that's that's all we do now that's quite a transition yeah i suppose i you know the acoustic world to um to sort of the extremes of the um of the of the electric world you know right down to the to the bare bones of it yeah. i guess but um but like i say i always found that bit of a similarity with all the nuances to to voice one instrument versus another it's just just a different uh it's just a different medium you know but the but the but the game's the same I, what what i find interesting is that um with both the acoustic guitar and and pickups there's a similarity oddly enough in both of those where it's like there are not many things that have changed over time it's yeah. it's still it's still magnets it's still wires it's still bobbins it's absolutely you know it's uh still cedar and mahogany and uh sitka spruce sitka spruce spruce yeah. blue spruce <laughs> And uh, and all those things, but but generally speaking, those two things, if you saw a picture of them now, you know, like a, a an acoustic guitar and a, a standard kind of acoustic guitar and a set of pickups, and saw a picture of them when they were both created, you it would be difficult for a a non guitar speaking person to to tell the difference or to say like oh yeah these are clearly different oh look at how much change has happened here or how could they even be different because there's there's not much to to actually change but you as a person who was trying to you know do your own thing with uh, acoustic guitars I, I would find that very daunting because like well how how different are you actually going to make this um and still have it be acceptable as yes this is what i know as a as an acoustic guitar same yeah. thing with the pickups it's like oh, how many different ways can you do a telecaster pickup and and those are just hypothetical questions i'm not i'm not challenging that so much but it is if you're going to say you know what i'm going to do i'm going to i'm going to create you know what the world needs now is a is a different set of telecaster pickups <laughs> but proof is in the pudding in the video that we did, there are radical differences. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But yeah. I, as someone who is getting into building those, I did. Does that cross? Did ever, uh, on either the acoustic guitar or the pickups? Did that ever cross your mind, or was that just not something at all in your purview? No, it. I mean, it was. It was always a, a factor because, well, if for no other reason. Even just from a from a sort of a, a a a business point of view is a marketing point of view is seeing that over the years the market has you know whenever somebody tries to do something a bit different or reinvent the wheel a little bit it always comes back around to like you say these you know a, a fairly um, limited and recognizable palette you know whether you're talking about acoustics or or, or, or electrics. Um, so you, you bear that in mind initially, is that like, okay, this is, you know, this is clearly what the majority of, of people want. Um, and you look at why, you know, what, what are the reasons for that? Is it just being stuck in the ways? Is it because, you know, over the years, whatever, you know, the patterns, the cycle of, you know, it kind of, 
you know, with electric guitars, it, it, it comes back to um, 50s technology, really. And in the acoustic world, a lot of it comes back to, you know, early 20th century, you know, Martins and Gibsons. And, you know, so there are reasons for that. It does sound fantastic. But at the other side of things, sometimes it's just that we all get really set in our ways, especially guitarists. Um, and, um, you know, you, you, the, the familiarity with something, it's, it's what your brain expects to hear, you know, that's, that's the sound, that's the tone, that's the, you know, the, the reaction of the instrument that you expect to, to hear. Um, but you try to do something different. You try to, you know, you make some tweaks here and there and, and there's a limit though, as you were saying, as to what, you know, would be like acceptable, you know, like where you go a little too far reinventing the wheel. It's just not going to sell. You're not going to find much of an audience for it. Um, so there's, you know, there's a time and a place for, for, for messing around and, and, sometimes what's nice is subtle differences that you know like you're not going too crazy you know we're trying to make something that's you know wildly off in left field from anything that's come before you know but but little movements can be nice um you know and 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 one thing that's just always important i think is is road testing these things you know is you want to make some changes to something you want to do something a little different with a tele pickup set or with strat set then you know, get them in the hands of some, some guys who are, you know, really, really good players who gig a lot, who are out on the road, who are in the studio and just, you know, get the feedback, you know, see, is this working? Is there a reason? Is, is it worth the, you know, the time and effort of doing something a little different? Yeah. Well, and I think, yeah, I think, you know, it, it, it would seem like it's somewhat limited as to what you can do, but that's, we were talking about tele pickups. Let's take a tele bridge pickup. You can choose whether you want a, uh, a fiber bobbin or a plastic bobbin, the type of magnets that you put in those, the type of wire you're using to wind those, whether you put a copper plate on the bottom or not. I mean, all of those little things have, uh, you know, create a, a how you're wildly different. It, yeah. How long you're winding it. Exactly. So, I mean, I, yeah. if you take, you know, let's, you know, let's say 1950s Fender pickups, um, it, there is a definite difference between what was being, you know, and they, they all technically were hand wound, whether they were on machines or not. Um, there's a, you know, an operator guiding those. And I think there's a difference in, you know, maybe it was more scatter wound back in the, in the fifties versus what happened in the sixties. Explain scatter wound for anybody that doesn't know what that means, Tony. Well, it's just uneven winding. So there's a lot of winders and, and that will, you know, move. Uh, if you're doing a pure machine wind. Almost like on a lathe. Yeah. It's, it's, very, it's a very mechanical thing versus a lot of early hand-wound ones and, and a lot of pickups that people wind themselves end up having an uneven pattern right. in the coil. And there's a lot of crisscrossing and different things like that. Yeah, because as it's winding, the winder's going left Left to right, left and back to right. And, yeah, you know, it's yeah. A true, it a true winding machine will yeah. will be more accurate, but that also I think affects the tone of the pickup. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, Matt? Yeah. yeah. So the, the as you say, even hand wound uh, is on a machine. Um, so the, the machine you know holds the bobbin and it and it spins um, because you do need you know it's quite a lot of turns. So you wouldn't sit there and do you know eight thousand turns of you know hair thin wire on a bobbin by hand it, so the machine spins 
and that helps to build up the right tension too. But the tension overall with hand winding is controlled by the winder. So the 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 the, uh, the, the wire, the coil wire, is passing through. Um, usually, you know, your thumb and your forefinger, and you're you're controlling the tension of the wire as it goes onto the bobbin. And then, as you were saying, the left to right. So that's the traverse, and it's how you're building up that traverse. So right. um, the, the cross section of the coil, if you will, and then on top of that is what you were saying about how you know on a machine wound so the so the traverse and the tension is all controlled by the machine so it's got you know it's got a tensioner that the wire is then you know clipped into and you can control that tension as well by you know how you set it and then once that's set no one has to hold the wire it comes off the spool and 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 you set the machine's traverse so it's left and right based on the you know the the heights of the um of the bobbin wall and they will wind the, the coil wire on pretty much concentrically and, 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 you know, machine accurate. So each layer is, you know, kind of being wound right over the other layer, you know, perfectly, perfectly parallel and, and concentric. And when you're hand guiding, even if you're trying to be, Perfect. Even if you're trying to do it like a machine, you're, n- you're never gonna because, you know, it's, it's a human being and you, you're not, you know, we're not machines. So there will always be an element of scattering or, or you can purposely really, you know, scatter it. Yeah. Um, you can also change your tension in the middle of winding. So you can do, you know, a few thousand turns could be, you know, at a higher tension. Then you could go real loose. You could have more turns per layer, less turns per layer. All these differences um, affect the overall sound by the time you get, you know, um, that much coil wire on there. And the, you know, the simplest way kind of to describe it is the more concentrically wound it is like a machine, um, it, it tends to have more uh, cross capacitance. And this is to do with the proximity of one layer over the other. And the only thing, you know, between them is that super um, thin insulation on, on, on the uh, coil wire itself. And when it's scattered, you got less of that. And same thing with, uh, you know, working with tone circuits or with uh, guitar cables is capacitance. So if you've got a really long guitar lead, you got more capacitance. More cata- capacitance tends to, to to lose, you know, top end, lose trebs. So the more concentrically wound it is with machines, you do tend to get like sometimes not as articulate of a top end and more scatter wound can give you a lot more sort of highs, a little, lot more clarity. Um, that's a real, you know, sort of, that's a real basic rule of thumb. You know, it's kind of simplifying things, but, but that's, you know, one of the main sort of differences between machine wound, scatter wound. Yeah. And that, I think the point I was trying to make is in the 1950s when, you know, we'll just use Fender as an example and they, you know, they hired mostly uh, female uh, winders. Uh, yep. And I think what happened and why I, I've noticed the difference, and most people do, between 50s wines and 60s wines and even into the 70s, is I think that those winders, after winding thousands and thousands and thousands of pickups, got very almost machine-like. You know, not a 100% machine-like, yeah. but the, you know, you know, going from the 50s into the 60s, I think that – and there's a noticeable difference between 50s Fender pickups and, and 60s Fender pickups. Yeah, and absolutely. Then, then by the time the 70s rolled around, you know, by that time, everything was pretty much fully automated. I don't even know if they had 
you know, well, they probably still had people guiding wire, but it was definitely more machine controlled. Yeah. So what are your favorite pickups to wind? Probably strats. Strats? Yeah, probably strats. I'd say that's my absolute favorite. That's tarts um, too. And what, what, I mean, do you have like a, uh, you know, a, your, if, if you were winding a set for yourself, what, what magnets, how, how hot, how hot would you wind them? Uh, all that sort of thing. What would you, you know, for, for your own personal preference? So I've got a strap that I have uh, more or less like our 1960s types, which is just sort of a, you know, covers basically 60 through 62 kind of specs. Mm-hmm. Um, so form of our wire in the sort of 6.1K kind of range. Um, but with El Nico 2, which was never used on fenders uh, back then, but I really, I really enjoy that. Okay. Um, you know, just a nice, real chimey sort of bell-like, nice and you know rounded and smoothed on the um, you know on the top end, and uh, yeah, that's that's probably my my ideal set for a strat. So you know, we've talked about different types of alnico, uh, which for those who don't know is is aluminum, nickel, and um, uh, cobalt blend for the magnets. Can you, you know, just as a reminder, kind of briefly, maybe work through a couple of the numbers like A2, A3, A5s, and uh, and and just kind of let people know what each of those types does and sounds like. Yeah. So basically, start with A2, and that is, as I say, that that that's a, a rounder tone is the way I always think of it. Is it's um, it's a bit mellower because it's not a super powerful. Um, you know, magnet, right. uh, you know, the gauss, the, uh, the, the, the strength of it. Um, so it's, so it's mellower in general. It doesn't lose top end. It's just a very more, you know, open and, and smoother, rounder top end. And, and the, and the base and the low mids are just, you know, have a, have a rounder edge to them. They're not, um, nothing's too in your face really with two, which I like about it. Um, the thing is, though, you know, there's a different time and place for all the magnets. So whether that's going in a P90 uh, standard humbucker or in a Fender style single coil, they can react very differently based on, you know, what type of pickup it is, and 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 you know what type of you know is it a bar magnet or is it full piece magnets? Right. You know that that all that all makes a difference. So you know, so A2, uh, I love them in Fender style single coils. Um, in humbuckers, I like them on bridge pickups usually but but i don't i'm not a big fan of them in the neck it's very hard to get an a2 neck that doesn't so just lose some of that string balance just start getting a bit muddy yeah yeah unless you go very low low you know low number of turns low output um el nico three is actually weaker than two um and doesn't really have any cobalt in it at all um i think if i remember correctly that was something a3 came out and either during the war or just post-war, World War II, and because cobalt was needed and so there just wasn't much of it going around. So they came out with a, a new Alnico type and it doesn't really have any cobalt. I thought you were going to mention Grenada, but go ahead. It's <laughs> 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 so stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I couldn't help myself. Yes, you can't. <laughs> um, so... so. <laughs> So, so A3 is um, 
the the word most people use with A3 is a is like a woodier sound, and there's 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 a warmth to the you know there's a, like more mids, but the trebs the, the big difference with two is is that even though it's you know kind of you know it's got it's got a lot of warmth to it. Uh, it's not as rounded on that low end, but the, but the trebs are still can be quite present. You can still get a nice bite and a bit of glassiness to the trebs. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's very weak. So again, it doesn't drive, um, you know, it doesn't drive as, as, as hard as more powerful magnets will, um, or, or, or even, you know, as much, as much volume and you can raise them closer to the strings, you know? So especially again, in, in, in fenders type, single coils where you got the magnets are the pole pieces you know sometimes you got to be aware especially in the neck pickup how close you're you're adjusting the height um because you you know it'll start to affect the um the strings uh, oscillation so but with three it's quite weak so you can get a lot closer which gives you a lot more output a bit more you know a bit more grip a bit more um you know oomph to it really um so and and that's traditional with like uh you know really early fender so broadcaster no caster early esquire pickups the early lap steels um mostly always with three mm -hmm. uh and then you know they transitioned from three to to five eventually um four is four is like a it's a it's, a, it's an interesting mix because it's its output is you know it, it's it's gao's strength is kind of somewhere between two and five um, and, and it's, it's EQ is just really balanced. So it's actually, it's really good for there's, there's, I've made a lot of pickups, you know, and humbuckers with it that, um, I, I prefer for instead of, instead of the vintage sort of PAF kind of thing, which there's a lot of guys out there doing, using, you know, on Nico four to try to capture that PAF sound. I actually like them for some of these, like some, some really low output humbuckers that I've made for people to use in, um, you know, studios or, 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 you know, home studio, bedroom studio work where they're just plugging direct in. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and, and the DI work going right into the desk or going through an interface and you just want a nice, pure, pure signal and a real flat EQ. So you can do all your, your editing, you know, um, digitally. And, 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 you know, that's, that's what a lot of, a lot of guys are doing these days. And, um, and that works really well for that because it does give you that, you know, a real nice flat baseline to work from. And so you combine that with a very low output pickup and you got a really, you know, quite a clear signal. Um, and then you come to five and that's probably the one we've been most familiar with, you know, for decades. Um, and five is got the mid scoop and, you know, so it's got sort of prominent trebs and bass and it's tight, you know, so it's, um, it, it's got sort of, you know, sparkly trebs, tighter sparkly trebs. And it's got, the bass is quite there and full, but it's, but it's, it's a tight bass end. Yeah. Well, yeah. And that, that covers kind of the spectrum of Alnico. And then of course you've always got ceramics. And now yep. I think a lot of builders are even using the, uh, Neo. uh neodymiums. Um, yeah, that's one I've not messed around with yet. I know, I know a few guys who, um, uh, in fact, a couple of guys exclusively use them. Like that's that's their thing is they make pickups, you know, designed around using um, neodymium magnets. And it's it's it sounds very interesting. It's something that you know one day when I got a bit more time on my hands, I'd like to mess around with it and see really what it does. Yeah, hmm. that's interesting. I got a question for you, Matt. 
Um, we're talking about the the subtle changes you can make to make your pickups unique. Um, what pickup in particular are you most proud of the changes you've made and what have you done that makes it unique versus others? So a few years ago, I came up with a humbucker called the, it's just called the four or five special humbucker. Um, and this uses, uh, so, you know, it's a standard humbucker in the sense that you got two coils, you know, wound in series and, but it's split. So like with, if you think of a fender, um, wide range, it's got the, the three by three. So three pole pieces, you know, on one coil on one side, three on the other, on the other coil. And, um, but what's going on under the cover in the, you know, in the pole pieces you don't see is I, after a lot of, a lot of research and, and some, you know, prototypes and stuff is came up with a material, came across a material that, you know, has, um, quite high, uh, you know, like quite high permeability with a magnetic field. And so it, it works, it works with something, it, it works around the idea of diamagnetism and it, this gets into, you know, some, a lot of physics and stuff, but it, 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 it shapes the magnetic field basically very, very uniquely, um, around the individual coil. So it works almost like, um, a stereo pickup. You could wire it, uh, in stereo where one coil only affects the three treble strings, the other coil only oh, wow. you know, picks up the, um, the bass strings. And we use two different magnets as well. So oh. it's a four and a five. That's why it's called a four or five. So there's, there's a four, an El Nico four and an El Nico five underneath, just like a, a, a normal humbuckers made, a, you know, a bar magnet underneath between the two coils, but, but, but they're two separate magnets, two different grades. And, um, and yeah, so it's, it's about how uniquely shaped the magnetic field is makes it very, very clear and precise. Um, it, it kind of back to what I was saying before, it's great for studio work and, you know, guys who are either, you know, going straight into the desk or if you're using a lot of, you know, pedals and, and modulation and stuff, and this can give you a very, very, you know, clear, very balanced, very precise kind of, you know, signal. Um, and that was just quite different. Um, you know, it wasn't something that I had seen on the market before. Um, and, you know, we, we, we were just really, you know, I was proud to come up with that. And, um, it got reviewed by a magazine over here years ago and, um, and it just had a really, really great review. And I think we got like a player's choice award nice. um, or something to that magazine. So, so I was quite proud of that, you know, in terms of something, you know, and again, we're kind of talking along those lines again, and like making some changes, doing something a little new, but not necessarily reinventing the wheel. And it was well received and it's, you know, it's a good seller. Um, and, and currently we're working on the next generation of it, um, which actually I'm working with um, John Moore's university in Liverpool and their physics department. And we got some grant money and we're, we're, we're taking this wow. idea and going to a different level with it. And then, um, we're in the process of, you know, working on uh, patent for, for the technology as well. Um, but it's all still totally passive, um, fits in any humbucker space, you know, there's nothing uh, crazy about it, you know, in terms of, you know, as an aftermarket part. Um, so yeah, that's, you know, we're, we're, you know, I'm proud that that has been well received, you know, and 
you know, as an idea and as something that was a little bit different. Very cool. So what do you think about, I mean, uh, there seems to be such mythology behind PAF style pickups. And, you know, when you think about it, I mean, there's a, there are a lot of winders out there that make an equivalent PAF. Some sound better than others. I mean, you know, we think of like throwbacks and, and, uh, bare knuckles and, and even Jason Lawler stuff. I mean, you know, those are highly regarded uh, as coming as close as you can, I guess, to vintage. Is there any way to really mimic or duplicate what Gibson did in the late 50s? Well, I think it's yes and no. It's, it's the consistency was, was never the name of the game back in the 50s with, with pretty much any you know, guitar company, there was, there was so much going on just even from day to day, you know, changes and, you know, especially Fender Gibson, maybe, you know, arguably at the time was maybe a little more consistent and, and they were doing, you know, they were doing all machine wound right from the beginning. Gibson never hand wound. Right. Um, so it was always machines, but yeah, the, the thing is though, even with the machine wound that there's, there is so much variation. I've, I've, played and, and worked on and, you know, dissected dozens of, of, of PAFs and there's almost no two alike, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, and some aren't that great, you know, that, which is, is just, is, is just a fact about them is, and some are fantastic. And I think that's just like all the modern ones, you know, um, the path formula is, is, uh, is really well known, but, a, a, you know, a big thing and I'm not the only one who, who who pays attention to this, but I think a big factor is um, trying to recreate the, you know, the, the so the steel parts, you know, the pole pieces, the slugs, uh, the, the the keeper bar under the pole screws. These use, you know, the, in pickups, there's various grades of steel that we use for stuff like that, you know, carbon content type of carbon steel it is so they're graded like um you know 10 10 10 12 10 18 uh and typically back then in the 50s especially with the pole pieces you know they were a lower carbon content quite often they were usually 10 10 um and a higher carbon content usually in the slugs and the keeper um and and matching that's actually kind of quite important um if you want to really you know get down to the nitty-gritty of trying to you know, recreate it because as I say, the other bits we know quite well, 42 gauge wire, uh, plain enamel insulation, um, you know, the size of the bobbins and number of turns and, you know, machine wound. But again, then you get into things with that, you know, like trying to understand how many turns per layer, what kind of tension they were putting on. And this gets into, you know, a lot of different subtle things, but, uh, you know, as we've sort of said before is, is it's, it's all these little subtle things that yeah. add up to the sum of it. Right. And that's what mm-hmm. makes a pickup. So trying to get all those things right is, um, very, very difficult and we'll get you there. But at the end of the day, where is there? Because there was so much variation at the time anyway. So, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. it depends on exactly what you're trying to aim for. Um, and I mean, I think, you know, we, we do, you know, we do our true path range and that's our best seller, um, you know, by, by quite a bit. Um, but, and I, and I think, you know, I think they're great. I've gone through a lot of depths to, to try and, you know, like I say, make sure I'm always, um, 
you know, got the carbon content, the steel correct and, and, and winding patterns from, from various ones I've, I've, I've worked on over the years. But, you know, again, they were, they were, you know, they're all a bit different, hmm. but I'd say out, out there one, you know, one of the best, you know, getting it really right is, um, is the throwback guys, you know, he, he, he's got, you know, he's got some original machines, you know, actual uh, machines, you know, from Kalamazoo and that do the job, uh, you know, and, 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 you know, he's seen, you know, dozens, if not hundreds of them, you know, over the years as well. So, you know, yeah, there's, there's, there is some, some great modern reproductions and that thing is, we're all a little bit different, but that's how they were done. So, yeah. Um, I had a, I think we're follow finishing, finishing up, not following up, finishing up, uh, <laughs> some of his questions here, but one, one of the ones that I had was, um, you know, as you are developing, or you have developed your line, which is a, uh, you've got a, a really great line of pickups. I think that there was plenty to choose from. Um, and I think the way that you've positioned them helped us understand, oh yeah. So we know what that is going to probably sound or feel like. Were there any, um, were, were you chasing any particular artists, uh, tones in developing these at all? Yeah, it's sort of not not initially, but when 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 starting by looking at like an era, you know, if you're saying like, so I want to do, um, you know, an early 60s Strat set. So then you start looking at, well, who was well known for using, you know, you know, all original early 60s strats and you just you know and you go from there and same with same with pas and same with um you know a a, a mid late 50s telly versus you know a broadcaster set or versus yeah. um, you know 60 set and then and then of course you know when you get into the to the cbs years you know for fender that's that's a whole difference as well isn't it um so yeah you know the artist is part of it because that helped me to you know to to really you know, hear it, you know, to, to, you know, yeah. like, you know, visualize it as where, uh, you know, the tone, but, but, but a lot of it started with looking at individual years and, and that's because, um, you know, that's, that's kind of how a lot of customers look at things too, when it comes to pickups is saying like, well, I want that fifties Gibson sound. Yeah. Um, uh, I want that, you know, uh, early or, or they hear, you know, say they, they, they see a YouTube video where, where a shop or somebody is showing off, um, you know, I've got this, uh, you know, a 58 Les Paul special or something like that, you know, and they're like, I want that. I want that P90 sound. I love that. Right. And obviously there's loads that goes into that when you're listening to these videos um, and sound clips and everything, you know, how was it recorded? Tons what of variables. Yeah. You know, so many variables. But this is how people, you know, get started on their uh, on their journey of, you know, you know the, the the addiction of gear isn't it yeah <laughs> like, for sure. you know oh i'm gonna start modding my guitar and then it never ends does it really for most of us yeah um well, and, and yeah we had um uh, so we mentioned that we've got the the pickups in in two of the guitars here one we put in uh the a squire 50s vibe uh telly and for those we had the texas t t types texas yeah. t type yes um what for I, I know that that for many is a common term texas t or along along those lines what about that pickup makes it a texas t well the way i always saw it is when people talk about like that the you know that texas blues sound 
um, is just because it's a bit more in your face. Uh, and you know, it's, 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 it's hotter. It's just got a hotter tone to it. You know, it's a bit bitier. It's a bit, it's a bit grittier. It's a bit, you know, brasher. And, um, so, so the, you know, the, the, the bigger difference you know, specifically in our, in our, um, in our Texas tea tallies, cause we do it, the Texas tea strats as well. Um, and, and with the tallies, the big difference is they're wound, uh, really hot with the thin 43 gauge wire, like the old broadcasters were, but instead of the weaker El Nico three, the broadcasters have, they've got the more powerful and bitier El Nico five. And it's just that, yeah, it's just That's that making more sense now based on what we are hearing. Uh, right. I, I appreciate that explanation because I think when we, when we went through the range, you know, there was, we could hear, uh, in one of the guitars, it, it, it felt, um, I think very straight, almost very clean, um, where you weren't hearing any major spikes in, uh, in, in the EQ of it. And then we had another one where it was like, whoa, the treble was kind of like a, a little bit brash. Um, and on yours, I think, well, Rob, you played it. What did you experience with that? Yeah, I'm trying to remember here because that's uh, three weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think <laughs> I kind of remember thinking it was um, kind of like a, a teeth, but almost like a P90 kind of Fordness mixed in. Yeah. It, it, um, I remember yeah, it being a little sense. bit yeah. more heavy on the, on the um, bottom end a little bit. Yeah, and, and a little I, rounded on the top. Yeah, and I remember more. Yeah, I, I, the way I described it was me more forward, just like it had, it just it stood out much more. Yeah, I don't know how to describe that. Not necessarily hotter though. Yeah, when I was listening to it, uh, and the reason that I personally responded well to these pickups is that I play um, more, I guess, more on the rhythm side. Um, and and with a little bit more of a heavier sound to where I'm not like sitting back yeah. doing lightweight rhythms. I'm doing forward lead. It's like the rhythm is carrying the whole song. So it's got to it's got to have a little bit more throat to it. And that's what I really liked about these. And so, Rob, when you were, you know, you're I think you were talking about you're used to hearing like the that full range of the the, the chime a and more traditional yeah and tea more traditional where, and that's why I told you Todd usually when I pick up a, a T whatever in the bridge position I even before I start playing it I immediately roll off the tone knob a little bit and right. and with yeah your pickups that was not uh, <laughs> not needed you know it didn't have that it was it was EQ more yeah 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 um, it's it it's gonna be a bit fuller because. Like I say, as with the same windings on a broadcaster, it's it's a thinner wire, but there's there's quite a lot of it on there. There's quite a lot of turns, and that ups the capacitance as well a bit. So that's going to fill it out, you know. Yeah. Um, and 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 then you know the the Alnico five does have more mid scoop usually, but the the higher overall output um, kind of counteracts a bit of that, so it's not too scooped. Yeah. You know, but it's um, but it's it stays quite full across the range. And you also sent us a, uh, a set of P90s, soap bars, that uh, you call your house special P90 set. And yep. um, I popped those into um, an, an Epiphone Wilshire uh, reissue. And um, 
I, I will go on a record. My, my usual choice for P90s is uh, I usually go with Fralins. Um, and yeah, they're great. Putting your your pickups are about. I mean, they're they they had to me. They sounded very similar to what Lindy does in his pickup P or his P ninety pickups. Well, um, I'm, I'm very happy to hear that. Yeah, he's one of my heroes. Yeah, so. no, he's and he's a great guy too. We've had him yeah. on the show, and um, I'll tell you, compared to the uh, the factory Epiphone pickups, I mean, the difference is night and day. I mean, these. Yeah. The, the originals, while they they're not bad, they're just uh, they don't have. They were missing that mid range growl that I expect out of a P ninety, and they tended to be a little more uh, tinny or high endy. And mm. you, when we popped yours in, I mean, it just had that sound. Yeah, and that's that's what I really liked. And you know, it, one thing we didn't mention is. Uh, in addition to being really great sounding pickups, uh, the packaging on them is, is 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 really second to none. They come in these beautiful uh, wooden boxes that are uh, are are branded on the top. It says House of Tone Pickups, and the nice thing about it is after you know you can put your picks or other parts or different things inside the yeah. the little box. So that's a that's a really nice little extra that you're and doing. And all the explanatory bits too. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean yeah. you're yeah, they it comes You're well, well informed when you get the pickups. Yeah. I mean Which it tells great. you exactly yeah. what type of pickups, what the the wind, you know, like in, in my case with the P nineties, uh, you know, you have an eight twenty five on the bridge and seven point nine which is about what I normally do. I mean I usually have Lindy or someone else wind ten percent over on the bridge pickup, and I mean this—that's—that's that's exactly where you are. So, um, and then you, you list the type of magnets used, how they're, what their polarity is. So, yeah, sometimes you get a a a, a pickup in, and you just have to kind of guess, especially if it has a four conductor lead. And these, of course, had, you know, braided shields, but um, it, uh, it, yeah, just well done. I mean, yeah. I, 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 oh, I, mean, I think, oh, thanks. appreciate that. Tony doesn't sugarcoat that stuff uh, too much, and, and Rob doesn't know where the sugar is at all. But <laughs> it's in his cereal box. Yeah. So uh, when when and he when he played that, <laughs> yeah. But legit, when when he played that, I saw his face. Like that kind of said everything. He was. Yeah, uh, that's the sound I expect out of a P ninety. A legit oh, endorsement right there. No, oh, fantastic. No, I'm made up to hear that. I'm glad you like him. Good. Uh, well, all right. I think I think we've um, we've given everybody a f- pretty fair dose of what House of Tone is uh, dishing out and all about. Where can you get those? Yeah, we sell direct. Um, we do have um, a, a couple of small dealers around, uh, not in the United States, though. I'm hoping to change that this year. We got some some interesting things coming up soon, hopefully. Um, but we've got, you know, we've got a dealer here, um, you know, a, a couple shops, uh, in Japan and India. Um, but direct, if you just get in touch, we post to the U S all the time. Um, it's probably, it's our second biggest, you know, market after, after the UK. Um, so it's, it's, it's not a problem. You know, we post them out and they usually get to the States within about five working days and postage isn't um, particularly expensive. Um, about 20, usually about 20 pounds, depending on, you know, the size of the parcel. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just go straight through our website. We don't have direct ordering because everything we do is so customized. So 
even though on the website it's got, you know, our, our, our usual recipe ones. So the majority of people ask for customizations and that's what we love doing is, is to really tailor it to, to, to whatever you've got in your head, the sound you're, you're looking for. So, you know, like the house special P90s you were just talking about. So as standard, we do them with um, sort of a very late 50s, early 60s kind of Gibson wind with short El Nico 5 magnets. But we can do anything. You know, we can do them in the early 50s. We can do them with the long A3 magnets. Um, you know, we can do them underwound, overwound. You know, we can get into all kinds of different customizations. And then, of course, with the covers. And so there's just so many options that instead of having, you know, buy it now sort of buttons on the website, you just get through the contact form. It, it goes direct to the email. And then we'll just start a dialogue from there about exactly what you're looking for. And uh, and then, uh, yeah, we use PayPal and um and, uh, you know, send them out, as I say, tracked and insured over to the States is no problem at all. Awesome. Well, uh, if you are now, if your interest is peaked, <laughs> uh, highly suggest checking these out. Um, we're really pleased with them. Yep. And um, it's always great to, uh, you know, have variety. As much as we like things the way that we think we like things, the whole reason the guitar community exists is because we want more different more, things. <laughs> more, more, yes. more brains, yes. more brains. <laughs> so speaking of more brains, uh, Tony, yes, Todd. let's take a ride. That's right. We're going to hop in the Aston Martin DB5. What? Yes. I've upgraded from the El Camino. Oh, El Camino's <laughs> getting an oil change. Okay. I yeah, it. Yes. It, it was leaking. So yes. Yeah. So a buddy of mine lent me his DB5. Perfect. And uh, we're gonna hop on down, drive around, maybe even stop over and see Jared in Nashville, Tennessee. Okay. But uh, Rob, you'll have to sit in the uh, in the trunk. Sorry. In the boot. In the boot. Yeah. In the seems, boot. Seems fitting. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Because at this point of the show, it's a special little game we like to play called Would You Rather? Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, He's been away for a while, everybody. I apologize. (laughs) He's ornery. (laughs) This week's Would You Rather is brought to us by Stu of WPA. Yes. Only he knows what that is. Yes. So Stu says to us, I have a would you rather. It's another time machine one. We love those. We love the time machine ones. So you're in the studio with your band, and the diva-like producer turns to you and says, your pedals just aren't cutting it. We need historic debt. I've got a fever, and the only cure is more historic debt. Okay. You understand? Yes, I'm getting it. Uh, less cowbell, more historic. Yes, yes. You I'm understand. following. I'm tracking. So is everyone yeah, okay. else. Okay. I'm just uh, double checking. Sometimes you, know, you don't follow what I, where I'm going here. He points to a strange phone booth in the corner. Now, this is different from our normal time machine. Yeah. He explains that this time machine has only two buttons. Only two. Okay. You know, our normal one, we could set the dials and things and do all kinds of things. Sometimes switch band members. You remember. Mm-hmm. One button will send you back to the 1950s, placing you in front of Ike Turner's torn speaker amp uh, right after recording Rocket 88. And I think we'd know that sort of gravelly, grindy, 
dirty sound. Yeah. The other will send you back into the 1980s, placing you by Eddie Van Halen's Variac Choked Marshall after recording one of their various hits. Mm. And we know there were various, various hits. You must choose which one you want to snatch and bring back to the future to lay down some tasty tracks for your ego-driven producer. Okay. Oh, just in case you're wondering, Stu's choice was the Van Halen. Yeah. Duh. Duh for him. Duh. Duh. All right. We're going to start off with uh, Tony Baloney here. Yeah. And um, then we uh, will go around the horn and, and then check in with, with Matt. Well, you know, I, I, I totally dig Ike's tone out of Rocket 88. But here's the thing. If I need that sound, I can just slice up Eddie's speakers and get a very similar sound. You think so? I think so. I don't think so. Well, you know, ask ask Dave Davies about how you well, cut up speakers. Well, yeah, but there's a lot more going into into the whole thing. You think so? Yeah, because it's not just about speakers. Well, in Ike's case, it was mostly speakers. Okay. So, so I'm gonna choose. Hmm. Just to be different, because I know what everyone else is going to do. Because mm-hmm. I've been to the future and I've come back because I have yeah. a time machine. I am going to go with Ike's, Ike's rig. Okay. Just just to be different. I, yeah. I I appreciate that. Okay. All right, Rob. Van Halen. No. It's a Marshall. Duh. Marshall. Come on. Yeah. But it's 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 the the dirt part specifically that we're talking about. Well, yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, what he was going after was a cranked plexi, but, you know, trying not to no, deafen everybody. No, he was going much. for a browned out plexi. It wasn't browned out until he did it. Exactly. That's yeah. the rig you have to choose. <laughs> right, it's right, the, right, vi- right, the Variac. Right, 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 right. But but what I mean is that what the, re- the whole reason he did the brown thing and the Variac was that he wanted the sound of the whole thing turned to 10, but you know, without killing your ears, it, it, yeah, they were like, "You're too loud. You gotta do something." It's like, yeah. okay, well, I can get if I turn down the volume. Oh, listen, it takes the uh, yeah. a little bit off of it, but it still breaks up the same way. So. And then just think what he would what it sounded like if he would have sliced the speakers. Yeah, Stu, what about you? Yeah. <laughs> Stu? No, not Stu. It's Matt. No, Matt. Stu. Matt. <laughs> Stu told us. More Matt. So he's like, like, "Do you have a direct line <laughs> into Stu? Did I Stu. my name? Come in, yeah, Stu." Like, yeah, I said, when, "When did we get Stu on?" <laughs> yeah, this would be great. <laughs> that would be really cool. Sorry, Matt. I had Stu on the mind. Go ahead, Matt. What's your right. choice? It would have to be Ike Turner. Yeah. Okay, yeah. you're with me. Wow. It's you're the. It, it's just that's. That's the tone I like. Raw, you know, raw and rough. Um, you know, just, you know, you can't get rawer than that. That's a homemade sound. Oh, yeah. Totally homemade sound. So, yeah, no, yeah, definitely. All right. Welcome welcome to uh, Island Tony. Okay, so yeah. it's two against one talk. Which way are you going to go? I, well, I love the Van Halen sound, but it is oh. very specifically that sound. And to me, it always feels like really compressed, and I don't like compressed sounding drive. Hmm. It's not my baggage shit. It's what your volume knob is for. 
it's not. Uh, it's more. There's more to it than that. It's about feel, Rob. I'll tell you about it someday. I um, oh, <laughs> them's fighting words. Uh-oh. Uh, I'm going. No, I'm, I'm going with Ike. I'm come back, Ike. Come back, come back, Rob. Come on, play along. <laughs> You're going with Ike. I'm going with Ike. Yeah. Because wow. I thought I was going to be the only one on no, Island I, Tony. I, I mean, think about think about some of my you know where. My, I guess, root tones are, are centered, yeah. you know. Nice. Um, and I like that anything right out of the – I I can't do right out of the box very well. I don't work very well that way. And mm. to me, anything associated with that, with like, oh, it's Van Halen and it's the, and the dirt's in the amp and everything, I'm like, I'm just going to sound like that to a degree. And I, I don't want that. So there. Nice. Well, that's well, that was a pleasant surprise. Indeed. Hmm. Rob's on Van Halen Island. I still say we got to, like, because Todd has never played through a vintage Marshall with a very, you know, he does. He's never experienced that no, situation. But I, but I know what that, I mean, we've got loads of records that's, and songs that's to not reference his, That's not his sound. That, yeah. well, well, that's fine for Van Halen, but Todd playing through that would not be anything like that. Because, yeah, it's once you plug it in, then you'll be like, oh. All right, it's yeah, yeah. I you, I'm, 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 I'm going to drag you. To, I'm going to drag you to the house and make you play one of these rigs. You don't have to. Sometime. You don't have to drag me. I'll okay. go willingly. This is like the Tide Pod <laughs> challenge, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. this one. That's what's going to follow it. Yeah. If he doesn't agree with me, well, I'm going to force a bunch of those down. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, all right. Thanks well, so much, Stu. That was a really good one. Thank you, Stu. And um, we're going to. Thank a few people real quick, and then we're gonna say we're gonna bid adieu, adieu. to that. Well, that is right, Todd. Because at this point of the show, there's a special group of people we love to thank. These are our executive producers. Now, an executive producer makes this show possible. How do you become one? You head over to patreoncom forward slash the guitar knobs. Check out a couple different levels in which you can participate. Become a patron. A sponsor, a friend, a hero yes, of the podcast. Truly, truly. Each level comes with some very nice thank you gifts, and I do mean very nice. You know what? And speaking of Tina, we do need another hero, so forget that noise. Yes. We'll need another hero. Yeah, no, we need need all of them. Oh, we don't need that. No, okay. That was kind of a cross between Yoko and Tina, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah. that's (laughs) about the worst recipe I can think of. Trash (laughs) compactor. Wow. Yes. Okay, go ahead. Everyone's a critic. In addition to getting all these very nice thank you gifts and opportunities to win special prizes, we we do giveaways. Stuff comes in, we give it away. Stuff goes out, we give it away. Well, it doesn't work that way. No, no. (laughs) But I guess the giveaways go out. Thank goodness you don't work in logistics. Yeah. Oh, well. But in addition to all that great stuff, there's one thing more. Jared, what would that be? You get to have your name written on the thing. Yeah, it was not a good Jared. Sorry, (laughs) I tried to evaluate it. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's first of the year. I'll give you a little slack. That's right. You get your name right on the thing. That's what I'm going to do right now. So special thanks to these executive producers, Vader and Pedals, John Alverson, Rick Calhoun, Trevor Gunberg, Elad Mizrahi, Mike D, Richard Kendall, James White, Motander Guitars, Anthony Gemalero, Bill Gola Guitars, John Esterly from Rare Buzzer Effects, Anthony Lathrop, 
Stefan Lamb, Michael Senchuk, Ken Sayers, Doug Christ, Darren Gregory, Tom Brazen, Rusty Sneeden, Ralph Gottschalk from Wonderful Audio Technology. What? Don Kloss, Gregory Randall, Brett Hogarth, Eric Hemmer, Stuart George, Michael Furman, James Bell, James Romer, Cameron Pampas, Trevor Ellenberg, Christopher Logan, and John Sebastian. That's great. But Todd, you know, there's more. Because we have a special group of executive producers. We call them our... Grand Poobahs. Thank you very much. I'm glad you, you, you just jumped right in there. I yeah, love that. Like, I yeah. love that about you. Like Abbott and Costello. <laughs> Who's on first? Yeah. Uh, our Grand Poobahs, of course, live in the penthouse suite at Guitar Knob's headquarters. Yes. At the very top of the top of the floor. They bathe in a delicious and delightful orange liquid whilst wearing their fezes. And at the same time. No, that is not right. So special, special, special thanks to these Agaranda Pubas. Tommy Manasco, Ricardo Igareda, David Kaminga, Brandon Wound Pickups, Hex Matos, Michio Murakishi, Bob Crouch, Jack Cadian, Sam Jett, Tyler Casey Rines, LSJ Music Company, John Williams, James Pennington, Steve Keys, Cody Foster, Science of Sound, Brian Robison, Jonathan Jerusic, Corey Nigro, Michael Van Zant, Tim Nowak, Jonathan Daly, Martin Cliff, Sean S. David Poe, Billy Spitfire Unlimited, Congregation Gear Demos, Paul Van Vaughn. I want to always say Van. I know. Damn. Paul Vaughn Eppinger, Scott Sullivan, Great Lakes Guitar Pickups, Matt Hart, Enrico Fernando, Moon Guitars, Adam Johnson, Eric Edwards. Oh, and did I mention we have an upgrade this week? Indeed. From executive producer to Grand Pooba, David Tyndall. Yes. Thank you, David. You're in very, very good company. Enjoy the orange liquid. Yes, and the uh, box of goodies heading your way. Oh, oh, yes. Uh, We are grateful to all of your support. Um, It truly helps the show keep a rolling. Um, speaking of a rolling, we're rolling out of here. Uh, we need to say a tremendous thank you to Matt of a House of Tone Pickups. Uh, Matt, thank you so much for spending your time with us today. Um, my pleasure. No, thanks, guys. This was uh, this was real good fun. And where can people go to get these pickups? One more time. So if you go to houseoftonepickups.com uh, and uh, have a look through. Uh, there's links there to YouTube channel, to some sound clips, and then you can go down to the contacts form, get in touch with us through that, or direct to the email, uh, which is also there on the contacts form, and um, and we can get uh, whatever you're looking for sorted. And how about social medias? Social media, yes, we are on Instagram, House of Town Pickups. We're on Facebook, uh, House of Town, and uh, YouTube channel, House of Town Pickups. Perfect. Tony, where can people find what you do? Head over to PickGuardian.com. Check out some of the stuff that I do. Some I have some stuff you can actually buy on the, through the website. But you know what? Most of the stuff I do is custom. Yep. And in my experience, it's always better to do a custom thing. Yep. Because uh, we'll know what fits. Yeah. So 
pickguardian.com. And you're going to get materials that are, yeah, like, there's stuff. Custom. Crazy. I, I, I try to find some crazy stuff. I, you know, of course, stock all the regular stuff, but head over to pickguardian.com. Check it out. Shoot me an email. Let me know what you need. Yep. Up. Rob? Mad Cow Amplification. Instagram, Facebook. Do it. YouTube. Yep. Watch Rob complain. <laughs> all right. And you can uh, shoot me a DM on Instagram and tell me all about your lovely guitar life. Uh, share your Would You Rathers with us. That'd be great. Um, so Instagram is at Guitar Knobs. And um, let us know if there were any holiday surprises. Oh, yeah. We'd love to know if you guys got cool stuff from the holidays. That'd be great. Uh, and without further ado, we're going to bid you all a very happy Guitar Week. And subscribe! <laughs> wow. Okay, um, I do have a couple here. Give me one second. Just pick one and send house- it to me, please. Housekeeping! <laughs> housekeeping! Um, what, uh, what are you doing? I'm autographing that for you. Uh, you twit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, crap. Hang on a second. Thank you, Todd. <laughs> Um, it's his first day. Yeah. I, his, <laughs> first, we've been first, off for two first weeks. First day of t- me 2020. Into the new year. Yes. Jeez. Grumpy, grumpy <laughs> Todd. I'm at WKRP in Cincinnati. <laughs> Four. Yeah. I almost didn't hit record. Say, yeah, you guys, oh, yeah. You guys had some time off. I, I actually just looked up and I was like, oh, I got to record. Uh, that's only ever <laughs> happened one other time. <laughs> 15, 15 or 20 minutes into the episode, oh, boy. He's the, the, the grumpy podcast host. This is what he's, he's projecting on ah, me. You see that? That's awesome. <laughs> that, was, that was great. <laughs> I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, so down, that's down near Cardiff, down, down South Wales. Um, Newport. Yeah, that's down in Cardiff. Cardiff. <laughs> this hey, is hurting my brain, one. man. <laughs> yeah, down in Cardiff, Wales. Down in Cardiff, Wales. Can't you tell? <laughs> yeah. We need to start medicating him. <laughs> they're, they're, they're ragging on me here. Yeah. <laughs> what comes around yes. goes around. I, but I can't. I don't pick on anything you guys can't fix. He can fix it by putting a knitting needle into your ear. That would help. <laughs> Anyways, we've gotten off track. Let's get back on track. And away we go. Well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Visit our website at theguitarknobs.com for all of our past episodes, four on the floor blog, and other good stuff. You can connect with us on social too at our Facebook page and share your gear and stories on our Facebook group. Also, be sure to check out our Instagram, at Guitar Knobs. Catch you next time.